Hello friends, and welcome back to Mixology, the podcast where we discuss, discover and dissect mono and stereo differences on classic albums from the 60s. And today, we're starting the year off with something just a little bit different, my first interview for the show, where today we're going to be talking to Craig Smith, one of the... I suppose main two creators of the Monkeys Mixography website and book who has helped me on numerous occasions with my previous Monkeys episodes as is unsurprising and today we're just going to have a talk about various things Monkeys the whole mixography and mix differences and we'll see where we go from there it's all a bit free roam but all good fun so hello Craig Hello, thank you for having me. This is uh, this is quite an honor. It's it's more of an honor to know another person that's interested in this sort of uh, geekery. <laughs> I mean, I it's one of those things. I obviously the, this sort of podcast didn't exist prior, and maybe it's because of various. It's like, oh, is it going to get <laughs> taken down or not? And <laughs> touch wood, we're all right. But yeah, and people seem to enjoy it. So awesome. Yeah, it's it, it's been good fun, but naturally you seem like the perfect person to chat about this sort of thing with because clearly given your work this is uh, a big passion of yours yeah yeah um i, I it was uh it was my co-author derek that turned me onto your podcast he was like uh you know th- this guy kind of i'm not used to like other people getting in the weeds like this and he's got a very pleasant voice so uh it's been uh, <laughs> it's been a journey um you know, it's it's a level of, of detail um, that I find fascinating. You know, it's it for me it goes back many many years pre monkeys or pre me discovering the music of the monkeys. So yeah, um, yeah, it's just it's it's incredibly uh, uh, fulfilling to find somebody to talk about this stuff with. You know, but I mean, you obviously have a an audience. You know, uh, so there are other people out there that you know are into this stuff yeah i mean it's i mean you say it extends back so we'll just take a bit of a chronological flow sure. i suppose it extends back um obviously you say before the monkeys i'm going to assume it started the same way as it did for me in in essence with the beatles no no uh, okay well well it, it, it's it's kind of twofold so the okay it, we also have to put out there that yeah, I am considerably older than you. So so one of my questions to you, which we'll hit at some point during this episode, was how do you fall into this rabbit hole? Yeah, I mean, you that's know, fair. Um, but, but yeah, we'll you know, get to that. We, we can get there. Um, as, as a kid growing up on Duran Duran and things like that, 12-inch singles. Uh, of course, like, yeah. There, there was just a period of time around 83, 84, you know, I, I was... Uh, but between like the ages of 10 and 13 into that into pop into old school hip-hop and electro funk and it was always fascinating to me to hear uh on the radio you would hear like djs you know doing these crazy blends of tracks but you would also hear 12 inch mixes or you would hear a mix that you didn't know and it was always just like am i going to hear something this time that like i'm not used to like promo you know as years went on i would find like promo singles that like didn't have a fade and i was like that's where that came from you know like over the year and i still discover that kind of stuff uh so like for me recording stuff from the radio and my friend i had friends that were as into it as i was and we would uh, you know tape things throughout the day and then trade at school the next day and 
copy stuff down and edit it down. So I've always had like a fascination with that stuff. Yeah. Uh, so so when um, uh, when I discovered the monkeys, which was in 1986, uh, as one thing that, that it's hard to kind of think about now is that uh, you know the following year. Uh, you know, or or eighty six going forward, the next couple of years is when the Monkeys catalog started to show up on CD. And when it started, it was the first two albums, and then a couple of years later, it was the next two, and there were a couple <laughs> greatest hits, and there was a ton of years with nothing. You know, yeah. there was a. I, I've said it many times on my old on my podcast, so it, it feels like an old chestnut at this point. But like, I was convinced I'd never see a Monkeys present CD or a changes CD, like. You know, my Rhino vinyl was like coveted, you know, because I was like, yeah. this is probably the closest I'll ever get to these tracks. In fact, this is this is something that, you know, uh, will probably maybe not interest you, but you could probably relate. When I was uh, 16, I was working in a store and my boss went to Japan and he was like, you know, is there anything you want me to look for? And I was like, yes, a monkey CD called By Request. It had just come out. I read about it in Monkey Business Fanzine, and he came back with it. And that was kind Amazing. of the start. Yeah. And that had like all the Arista mixes. Yeah. yeah. At that point, I, I didn't really like know what that meant. And for a kid who uh, grew up on the Rhino LPs, which were repressed on vinyl in 85, 86, they used whatever tapes were available. So, you know, you would have on some records like a combination of mono stereo and remix tracks if they had the multis you know they would just like yeah find whatever the best source was and if they could redo it they would but like you don't know that as a kid so then you know like the listen to the band box set comes out in 91 and that's you know heavily remixed <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah i remember a friend of mine calling me at work playing me the end of auntie's municipal court and being like, what is this? Like, what is this? <laughs> What's happening? And then I got it and I was like, there's tons of stuff all over this. And then you get like the extended version of Mary Mary on the Arista CD and just like yeah. things like that. And so uh, to kind of speed up, you know, this whole thing around 2006, when uh, the reissue campaign for the 40th anniversary started again, uh, I had always wanted, uh, even from the moment I went online in 95, always looked for a discography that like listed this stuff out. It was like, it has to be out there somewhere. And there were primitive ones, but nothing that was accurate. So I took the uh, songography in the back of Andrew Sandoval's wonderful Day by Day book, converted yep. it into a website, and then started to dissect um, the mixes uh with with trial and error along the way with various people helping me and then um at some point uh, early in the process my uh current co-author derek minor sent me a message and he's like yeah this is what i found today and it was just like notes on 25 songs and i was like that's the guy <laughs> and so that's that's kind of how the uh the website you know developed into the idea for a book in time he was uh you know, we kicked it around back and forth for a few years until it was finally like, yeah, I think this is, you know, the amount of work that went into this kind of deserves to be printed and presented in a way that isn't just, you know, a bunch of, you know, linked pages online, you know? Yeah. So that's that's kind of the whole story in terms of, you know, how, how that stuff fascinated me and, and where it led. I mean, that's certainly, I mean, it's a, a long way around it, but it makes a lot of sense. Um, 
I mean, obviously the yeah, all the various like twelve inch mixes, promo mixes from the eighties. That yeah, certainly makes a lot of sense as kind of an entry point because it's so in your face at that point. Like this is a different mix as well, mm-hmm. rather than just kind of being like it almost ha- happening upon you sort of thing. Right, and in the days of of MTV, like even you'd have like a, a video that had a, a dedicated mix that was never anywhere yeah. else. And it was like, where where did this come from? Like extra measure in a song for no reason that ended <laughs> yeah. up just being like an unedited, maybe early mix or whatever. So like that kind of stuff just always fascinated me as I'm sure, you know, uh, at some point, you know, it must have done for you as well. I mean, for me, it was very much so back in. So my whole, I guess, deep dive musical journey, I kind of started before because my dad's like big music person anyway so but in obviously 2009 is all the Beatles stuff going around um I got into the Beatles because a friend of mine had a pirated copy of Beatles rock band um and wow. we just played it one one day around his house and I was like ah oh. and then I eventually get the game and then we, we basically share the catalog through um uh, albums that we have picked up online in uh <laughs> The, right. the, the the back end of the internet and um which interestingly going back um found some of those files like i think the copy of Ru- rubber soul for instance was like a needle drop of the original stereo mix and things like that so it's very funny what 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 we had but didn't know what, what was what at that point mm-hmm. and i remember one day seeing a video on youtube of some guy talking about the mono box like it just came up because I'd seen the little leaflets in the CDs and the game being like, oh, it's a mono box. Well, I was like, what even is that? I didn't understand the concept. And after seeing that, it just kind of sent me on this path of, because there was plenty of like little videos on YouTube being like, oh, here's some mixed differences and things like that, comparing them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just went down this rabbit hole and I was on a Beatles kick ex- basically exclusively for two years straight i'd say um i think i both made my dad love the beatles even more and then proceed to absolutely hate them um um, we'll do it but um yeah from there it was just wow and it's so obviously when i go back to cover those beatles albums today there's a lot of that i guess it's a memory i mean i talk about in my i think it was my fifth episode i did sergeant pepper which was very early to do it in hindsight but um like how that was kind of my my gateway um i remember when i found a monocopy at the boot fair i was like wow i like i've got these mixes sort of thing it was so cool um and even today most of the beatles stuff right it's only if i listen to the stereo mix i'm like what is this as opposed to the mono because that's all i played but right it's weird looking back like the mono is the more common copy if you're looking for originals over here but really it mono was prevalent in the uk sure like, yeah it's, up it's until just, it, even six like 68 i mean you can buy so instant replay for instance was issued as a fold down monocopy here and that's mm-hmm. 69 so um yeah so you um, have something i don't i don't i don't yeah i, I mean i don't oh, own you, it you because could, it was a fo- you could yeah, easily i very much could but yeah i mean obviously that spiral along like just as time went along um, I think I then eventually realized, oh, other groups have this as well. I think I got a two, it was the two CD re- reissue of the Kinks album, something else. And the original CD had the mono mix or the, mm. the in print one. And then 
I got this two, the two CD one. There's loads of differences in the stereo mix, like sort of like bars that edited out in the mono or like intros, fades, and I mean fades are obviously the classic example of obvious differences. I mean you mentioned right. that with the like eighties mixes and things like that, um, and I was like, oh okay. And then obviously over time, that's just continued on. The monkeys is just an endless rabbit hole, um, mm. as we'll get to even further, but. Um, I guess yeah at some point I just decided well I want to hear this so let's keep going and I've got even further since then because there's there's quite a few albums I basically either I listen to to do on the show um I can't think of any examples off the top of my head directly um but there's definitely a number that I wasn't so aware of or I hadn't really listened to before I then decided to cover it so I then either I'd, I'd get a copy and just play it to death well somewhat and then I will then listen to the other mix and hopefully the differences will stand out at first and then I'll actually start comparing them can I ask a question uh, so when in 2009 that part just blows my mind 2009 yeah. <laughs> geez uh, so is that when you got hardcore into diving in further or, or is that like the beginning of your Beatles fandom that or is like Beatles beginning. discovery that really? is literally that's my insane. entry insane I yeah I know that's like it, it must be but it shows that I mean the release of that game worked like it did make a difference I know so many other people that actually I, I say so many other people I mean how many other people am I going to be talking to in this exact <laughs> position but certainly like there's a few of my friends at the time we all kind of dived into it together um, there's a friend I've made in Nashville who's weirdly similar. He's like six months younger than me, but that was the same thing for him. And it's, yeah, it's, it's crazy, but it's a lot of good memories, but, um, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's just interesting. The, the difference. Yeah. I, along the lines of the Beatles, I remember when I was 13, I bought the Beatles rarities, which in the U S is a different configuration yeah, yeah. than the one in the UK. Obviously it's sat up there behind me. <laughs> uh, see, there you go. Uh, and the, the U S one has, uh, the mono mixes of Helder Skelter and don't pass me by. Yeah. And, um, I remember reading the liner notes, even in the store for months before I, you know, had the money to buy it or the allowance to buy it. And, it, you know, it specifically, like, listed the difference, and it says, you know, this is the mono mix only released in the UK or whatever, And but I didn't know what that meant. And I, but you know, I could tell it was different. Yeah. But, I, but even, it took me years before I even realized exactly what mono and stereo, what the definitions of them were. Like, yeah, I just exactly. knew they were different, you know, but I didn't know why or how. Um like, you know, the fact that, like, you could go back and remix Beatles or Monkey songs, like, specifically Monkey songs for the Arista CD. Like, at the age of 13, I didn't know you could do that. So it's like, I don't know why this is different, but it is. Yes. And um, I had a, a very distinct memory. I was talking to um, a guy that uh, uh, I was in a band with in the 90s, way, way before, you know, you were even on the planet. <laughs> and... Uh, I, I came upon a list of the differences. It must have been in one of my Beatles books, the differences between the mono and stereo albums. And he was like, I, I have a mono rubber sole. I have a mono revolver. I think I have a, like a mono Beatles for sale. And I was, I was like, what? Because I, I, 
I thought they were like seriously rare, like collector's editions. No idea that like, you know, they were as plentiful as they were. Mm. And we sat in front of his stereo going through and I was like, okay, you're supposed to hear a cough uh, around now. And we were just like, oh my God, like, and just went through the list and just dropping the needle all at false start on, I'm looking through you, whoa, like just all that stuff. And it was like fascinating to me. And, yeah. um, and also, you know, since you mentioned Pepper, uh, I remember finding uh, they were uh, illegitimate compact discs uh, back in the day. Uh, and they were called, I think they were called the Capital Years, the Capital Albums. And they had front covers that were like a fabric texture and just like gold or silver print. And I found Pepper and he didn't have a mono Pepper and I brought it over and we listened to it together and we were just like, what is going on? Because we, had, we hadn't heard any of these before. And it's like to, to be a fan that long, I mean, this was, you know, quite a few years after I discovered the Beatles, like to be a, a fan that long and just be like, there's an entirely different version of this album out there. And here it is. And then finding like the white album was my, my white whale. Like I had no idea that I'd ever, ever come across one. And there it was bootleg CD and got that. And it was, it was amazing. But like at that point, there was never any thought in my mind that there would ever be like mono CD releases of the albums oh. for Beatles or Monkeys. Like definitely not the Monkeys, but you know, and here we are, and you know, pretty much have everything at this point. It's insane. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously I I hadn't even been listening to the albums that long at that stage, like right. at all. Um, but even then, it was just there was the stages of mind-blowing from the t the different mixes but i also had then and which i kind of leads to where we are now when i discovered that the american releases not so much that the track listings are different but there were unique mix i mean the american i feel fine was like even today i'm kind of obsessed with that really that was my i guess my first production understanding just of reverb or echo like mm. i was like oh that's what that's what that is yeah. and then in my band i was in at the time at, the, at school it was just like a fine little thing but i was always like if i was like toying with the the mixes in the program i was using i'd be like echo echo or like reverb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's great um so that was that was do you have uh, do you prefer mono over stereo or is it a case-by-case -case basis? I always say it's a case-by-case -case basis. Typically, I'll lean towards mono for, I guess, I don't know. I think because it generally was the targeted format, especially in the UK, mm. I will tend to seek that out. But there's occasions where it's like, do I, I don't, it's almost like I don't need both copies. I kind of just have both for, so I've got like the Gary Lewis album, Listen, it's, the the mixes sound identical like there's yeah. really i'd even question outside of two tracks if it's a fold down um but it's it's one of those things that's like well i've got both now so i'm gonna keep both <laughs> right right J just as a sidetrack since you mentioned it the um uh, the thing that probably really cemented my fandom as i was getting into the beatles it, it happened between like 86 and 87 was like the initial period 
and then uh, I saw, you know, that's in 87, the campaign started to release the Beatles on compact disc. Yeah. So I had asked uh, for a compact disc player for my birthday, which I received, and that was 1987. I was 14, and the first discs I got were Beatles discs, but, like, this was my first exposure to the original the original albums and again yeah. all, all of the mixes aside like i never thought i'd have like a, a please please me in my hands you know so it was just like this is this is the moment where the catalog becomes standard you know across the board uh because i'd borrowed like the american albums from my uncle and things like that and uh so you know i was kind of going down that road and that i would find uh, i remember taking a book out of the school library in sixth grade and it had the albums listed and i was like i don't this doesn't match what i have at home like, yeah and again it was one of those things like how how did this happen <laughs> and here it was just like a difference between territories and uh so like discovering the uk albums was was amazing absolutely amazing yeah i mean it's certainly as i learned that the whole american catalog for just beyond the beatles as well was that was different was bizarre to learn i mean i was going to ask as you started speaking there's like were you aware of the uk albums and then obviously you were but in this mysterious way totally. which obviously me being able to just look this up on the now when i when i was discovering it was was a bit different but even then it was still still weird um and obviously they just kind of i i, I got most of the american albums uh, they just kind of appear at record fairs over time um and i'd be like oh i got this so but i've got like my american collection is it's now a bit more American, but I've got a few like Canadian LPs in there and things like that. Some weird like 80s reissues or 70s reissues, and it's all a hodgepodge. But at the end of the day, it's I'm I'm just like I I enjoy I I enjoy listening having both because it's 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 a fun way to experience it, and also yeah, all the unique mixes that you get, be they sure. actual mixes or just weird reprocessings of them. She, um, she's a woman just sounds like it's in a tunnel I mean so my copy of Beatles 65 my stereo one sounds different to it's an 80s purple label and it's weirdly sounds that those two tracks sound different to the ones on the like 60s stereo mm-hmm. um, the right hand is it right hand channel the treble channel shall we say of I feel fine is just unlistenable it's just it's just white noise wow. <laughs> whatever whatever's been done to it is just beyond beyond because the 60s one has the channel delay more than anything as well as obviously all the echo on top mm-hmm. of echo whereas this one doesn't so much have the channel delay as much as it's got the eq that filtering it's like they remixed it for stereo right, um, right. at some point again to be honest i say about these 60s mixes i'm basing that off the the capital album cds right um which generally match up just to use the original masters from the u.s so um when you say the capital cds are you the talking 2006 about... is it or the, yeah the, they can't the, well the original ones came out in two box sets of yeah, four yeah. and they're, those they're used up, the act, yep 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 those, uh, yeah, those two Capital album, Volume 1 and Volume 2, yeah, they yeah, use not, the originals. Yeah. yeah, as opposed to the US albums box, which I don't own. Yeah, that they kind of Frankenstein that from the 2009 remasters. Though, as I think many people did, I bought the Yesterday and Today CD. Um, Absolutely what I did. <laughs> which lives in my mono CD box because it's the perfect size for it. 
awesome. Obviously, the main discussion point with yourself rests more on the monkeys than anything. Yes. Um, I'll jump back to a few things you said. So you started looking more for it. Was it 2006 when the two CD sets came out that you yeah. obviously yeah, decided to start making a website? So it's your brainchild. And then Derek came on well, uh, like further down the line somewhat. Yep. Um was it always the plan to eventually make a book around that? Or was it initially just like, we'll do a website and just go from there? Yeah, initially it was a website. And then uh, at some point, maybe around 2010, uh, I think it was somewhere around there, we, we toyed with the idea of putting out um, like a self-published or maybe like through Amazon print or something like that, uh, a... Uh, like we were going to start with head because it's only technically six songs and just do like a little pamphlet for each album that kind of had the okay. track and then just like a paragraph didn't even like really break down where you could find them. But, uh, you know, and Derek and I would kind of like start it. I'd kick it to him. He'd add some stuff. He'd kick it back to me and I had added some stuff. And then it was just like, you know, it, it was, it just wasn't the time for it. I think once the, uh, the the super deluxe sets started coming out and the mixes started really piling up. Yeah. Then it was like this is the uh, we're getting into a lot of volume here and just like you know uh, in housekeeping the website like I would find stuff that was incorrect and it was usually on me uh, you know just something I'd made a mistake on and I was like I, I think I, we need to kind of like just clear the slate and start over. And uh, so I rebuilt the site. I took all the notes off, but I kept where you could find everything. And that's when the uh, the idea of a book started. Uh, it had to be around 2016 that okay. it initially, uh, the idea for the book initially started. And I, I did have like a, I think it was that year, 2017, Christmas this year is the goal to get it done not this year but at that point yeah and then like something was announced like uh, i have a very vivid memory of being in the in the city with my girlfriend and seeing that something was coming out i think it might have been like the head alternate or something like that and i was okay. like well, Ra well, rather than the more of the monkeys box set which was right. obviously about 2017 so yeah so that was later on right so then it, it just you know as we went on uh, you know, the headquarters set just, you know, came out recently and yeah. it's always been like, will they finish the sets? Um, so I, I would say if there's ever any, uh, you know, definitive word on whether they're going to finish the set with the only remaining album, Pisces, Aquarius, Capricorn, and Jones Limited, the book would wait for that. There'd be absolutely yeah. no point in putting it out just to, oh, you know, God, yeah. You know, and uh, and I'd actually gotten complaints about that. Like, you know, people have said, you know, we waited long enough. And I was like, well, I understand that, you know, but it is a massive project. And yeah, if if something's on the horizon, we're not going to present it incomplete. 
um, unless we kind of like, you know, did like an album here and there or something like yeah. that. But like the massive project, you know, it, it needs to be in a state where it's like anything that comes out at this point would be minimal. You know, I, I think once they finish this series, there's not much else they can do with the catalog. No, like there's bits and pieces, but there's nothing. Sure. There's, I don't see how they'd actually work out a way of actually issuing that as such. Right. Um, and I mean, to a degree, I'm fine with that. Like, we have so much. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the other part of it. Like when I was saying that, you know, I, I never thought as a kid I'd see changes on CD. I certainly never thought there'd be a three disc present set. Like, you know, just like all this stuff. And for years, I mean, Apple is starting to catch up. But for many years, the monkeys blew away the Beatles in terms of what oh, yeah. was you know what was released to the fan base so and, and i couldn't believe it you know and apple is just finally like starting to make like decent box sets for the albums now like anthology yeah. was great but then it was just like anniversaries would pass and it's like why are they not doing anything yeah like this is a guarantee it's the beatles this is a guaranteed seller so um but i love all that stuff you know mm. i i just you know e give me remixes alternates just i'll take all of it you know yeah it's 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 a sickness and we're it all is. very much part of that and it's fun but it's horrific once you start looking into it that is true Yeah, you might as well wait for these sets to finish. I mean, looking at the current sales status for headquarters, it's got 250 copies left. Well, when they yeah. sent out the email yesterday. So, yesterday. Um, so I feel like everything is coming together for that that can possibly happen that may make Rhino do the next set. And um, it would be foolish not for them not to really, but... Who knows what they fancy doing, but yeah, I mean, inevitably that seems that that would be the perfect point for the book to kind of be like, okay, let's round this all up. Worst yeah, comes agreed. to worst, there's some random compilation that comes out the following year that's got one other mix on it or something, and it's like, well, such is the way. You're um, right. You know, we would supplement on the website and just you know yeah. provide any information or like you know the it. If the book was to come out now, it, let's say this was after publish, re yeah, replace this paragraph with this one, and that would be, you know, that th that's the update. So, yeah, I suppose with the nature of the you started the project kind of when there was a lot of monkey stuff, but then obviously since then there's been such a deluge. Has it ever come to the point you think, can I actually like, is this too much? Like, should like, can I actually complete this, or have you always been like? All right, let's get this done because there needs to be this reference out there for people, even yeah. even, even yourself, like to see you can go. Okay, there's this. Right, and I, I've had that on both the website and the book. So, like to to kick off with the website, you know, it, it's uh, you know, it's it's a wiki site uh, that that I maintain, and you know, back when it started. 
uh, we had a Facebook group where I would throw out a song a week and everybody would just be like, yeah, I hear that the bass is louder in this mix. And I throw all of those notes on the website. So it was very much a community thing. Uh, in terms of maintaining it, something would come out like that 2016 albums collection on vinyl and CD. So then that was essentially 20 discs of info I needed to add. And that's touching mm almost every song page and that's days and days and days and days of just like copying and pasting and you know uh, tripping over yourself and there was yeah. a point around there where i was like i can't uh, I, I need to kind of put this aside for a bit and i think uh that might have been when the focus towards a book started okay. in terms of the book yeah, the, I've definitely gotten lost in the details. Um, one of the things that, um, like when we started, we we kind of did what we were doing back when we first had the idea for a book, which was just like kick around a text file. And then it was just like, it got to the point where I was like, uh, like looking through to, to see if I made this point or if one of us hit this point. And then it just made sense because Derek... Derek digs into the details and can do it better than I can. He's got a better ear. He's got a better brain for that stuff. He's a better writer than I am. Yeah. So he's able... You don't have to agree with that. Uh, he's able to kind <laughs> I of... I mean, from what I've read of Derek's stuff, yeah, he, I mean, like, he writes really well. Amazing. So. Amazing. And um, he, uh, you know, started to, to kind of go back to um, tell the story of the recording a bit. So he start when he sent me this he does this stuff and then he sends it to me like i have no idea he's doing it and then like he sends me a doc it's like everything from 1966 and he's got mapped out so this is you know the the four tracks that were recorded uh these were bounced down to this track and this was bounced down to this track and he's like figured it all out just by yeah. listening a combination of listening and what andrew you know andrew's session notes and you know uh musician credits and stuff like, yeah you know, he's you know backtracked a bit um and so he's he's really good at that and the thing that i'm really good at is the organizational piece of it when i started uh uh the book i took andrew's session book and made a spreadsheet of all of the sessions so that's kind of you know my my focus is more on the organizational and um uh, uh, uh data part of it kind of keeping it uh together and yeah. his is the actual writing and you know it feels kind of like it often feels like i'm not pulling my weight um, which, you know, it just turns out he's, he's much more, much better at certain things than I am. And we, you know, it was like a difficult conversation for me to have with him. I, I was like, I don't want you to think that I'm like shirking my responsibility or throwing all of this on you, but like, I'm not good at this part of it. You know, yeah. I'm better doing this and like, I'm better like doing the discography pages and, you know, um, stuff like that so we're kind of just working on different things and then you know if there's you know fine tuning you know that i can do then that's fine if there's notes i can take listening to help them out that's fine yeah um but yeah it's it's it it has been a bit of a struggle here and then and then you know pandemic hit and you know work hours you know skyrocketed working from home you know and just being always on call 
and you know so you know those things kind of have to take a back seat and it it has been overwhelming with, uh, you know, post-pandemic with work hours skyrocketing and, you know, things have just had to be put on the back burner and it's, I'm not happy about it. And I'm gonna buy me a dog. You couldn't teach a dog to do that. You can only train elephants. Cause I need a friend now. I need a friend now. Now. Yeah. I'm gonna buy me a dog. A dog here over Fido's spot. My girl. So obviously, yeah, between you and Derek, it's kind of, obviously it's it's the two different aspects coming together that obviously really like bring it together. Obviously, you say about the whole aspect of, I guess, the sessionography side of it almost, which mm. is mainly there, I guess, to kind of help identify what mi- what parts of each mix are actually unique and why they're unique. Mm-hmm. So obviously, when it comes to like a a remix of something like headquarters you've got the three mixes now the stereo mix um and so knowing what's on the four track versus what's on the pre-bounce tapes right right it it allows you to understand why so if say i don't know the drums and the bass are louder it's because they're locked into the same track or something like that um whereas then you realize with the other one okay they're now separated because they're at different levels sort of thing right it's it's it 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 also allows you to kind of keep track of where the mixes come from Uh, it's one of those things that i find difficult and i've certainly had uh it was more in beach boys episodes actually um that points out it's like oh no those are locked in together it's like oh that makes sense i just almost kind of forget to discuss that but in a way it would make my life easier knowing that but obviously i've got to know more to know that before and certainly obviously you mentioned andrew's book obviously the most recent the up- updated volume of it which um i have managed to get through i amazing you've you've, you've obviously flick through the the actual session parts to mm-hmm. make the notes there which to be honest was my main draw to it because i wanted to see how everything came together in that regard mm-hmm. um i mean obviously that's <laughs> would you say that's made quite a big difference to the actual compiling of the mixes and the notes and all that all that stuff really to understanding what's what yeah yeah completely um if if not for andrew's notes and just like i don't know so much that andrew's done i mean he's it's it you can't really overstate the importance of of andrew sandoval in the entire monkey story post 91 like you know back in he was giving us the listen to the band mixes you know he was part yeah. of that you know um yeah like uh, all that stuff in in his book definitely helped me get a better understanding of you know just knowing like you know uh, this track was cut here but the vocals were cut in 69 you know like mm. it answered a lot of questions about um various versions of things like you know that as a kid i had you know like monkeys bootleg cassettes with stuff that wasn't officially released yet this is pre missing links uh and uh, so you know those things that were kind of like a mystery uh pretty much all got cleared up at some point through his work be it his first book or the second which is just a ridic- maybe the most ridiculous 
uh, work on an artist uh, <laughs> and their catalog that I've I've ever seen, you know, uh, or or you know their history. It's, yeah, it's insane the level of detail that that book that book goes into. But yeah, absolutely cleared so much up. Uh, I remember even just like getting the headquarters sessions, and inside that was um, a very primitive kind of sessionography covering the headquarters sessions. Uh, and that's when the book was going to be called Daily Nightly. And I was just like, wow, there's he's working on a, like this guy means business. He's working on a monkey's book about this. And then when that book came out, I, I took it everywhere. It was in my bag going to work every day. Like during lunch, I would just be like taking notes feverishly. Uh, so yeah, tons. And, and, and this kind of, that just reminded me of something that if I can, you know, toot Derek's horn one more time, something that he noticed, uh, which I never would have even thought to look for, uh, on the headquarters sessions, there are backing tracks for each of the songs on the yeah. album. And he went through and figured out like which ones were taken from the bounced four track master and which ones uh. Andrew went to the, you know, the pre-bounce tapes for. Um, because of the way the tracks are locked. They would be locked exactly as they are on the LP because yeah. they were bounced down that way. And it's kind of a, you know, it's a thing that, had I thought of it, you know, would have been, you know, there might have taken some work, you know, but uh, he was the one that was actually like, you know, that that took the time to figure that out. So like that's that's the brain there, and that's why he's uh, that's why he's the brains of the operation, and I'm not. <laughs> I mean, you're not not the brains. You're just the, no. you're just a different brain. <laughs> okay, um, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> um, but obviously, I mean, you say about Derek. Obviously, he kind of specifies. He he works through with the main like differences and things like that. Obviously, you've you're, you're somewhat like able to pick that part because obviously you're. Wait, I mean, you're in this position. It's but are you more sort of just the base level rather than the I guess the fine details? And Derek can go right to the what? What? How would you say your between the two of you, your approach to understanding the differences in the mixes lies? I guess. Yeah. Um... And I want to ask you the same question because I'm curious about your process as well. It's something yeah, no, that I've been wondering about that I thought maybe we could talk about. Um, yeah, for me, it was uh, it, it it was usually a being through um, uh, Adobe Audition, uh, kind of like in a multi-track session. Yeah, um, and then once Derek came around. We started to some, uh, or at least this is what I did once I learned about his process, summing some of the stereo mixes to mono and throwing one on the left and one on the right and syncing them up. Mm. And um, I remember the first song I did that with was Circle Sky, the 68 and the 69 mix. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, that, was, uh, that was kind of a game changer for me, but, but it was a lot more work, like, you know, making all of these, uh, you know, uh, multi-track sessions with these tracks that last two minutes, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a lot to do, but it, it cleared a lot up. But also, the one thing that I'm not good at in terms of listening that he is, is uh, listening for, like, what can be the same mix under changes in EQ? Ah, uh, cool. Like, yeah. 
when I do that, it, it just throws me off. Like I just don't have the ear for it. So um, in fact, when um, Andrew was putting together the headquarters box, the recent one, uh, Derek identified some mono mixes that, uh, you know, like in the case of Love to Love, like the, the 1969 mono mix was on the Monkey Mania LP uh, and the Monkey Business LP, but it was never released on CD. And, uh, you know, Andrew sent it over to Derek and Derek did his forensics and he was like, yeah, this, what you sent me is this mix. And I think uh, the only thing that I might have contributed at that point was uh, this is not on compact disc. Can we please like, can we please make this part of the official <laughs> digital uh, uh, thing? Or if I didn't say it, I was definitely thinking it. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, you know, those are the kind of things that I, I can't do well. But uh, Derek did introduce me to syncing up and that has become like a bigger part of what I do. Specifically, we started doing it with the television mixes. Uh, oh, there were course, some. Yeah. There were some things that, you know, for years, and again, I've been, you know, since the age of 13, been listening to these, and you know that, like, She Hangs Out is different in the episode. You know that Going Down has a live vocal, you know, you know that, uh, you know, things like that. I had never noticed that Saturday's Child was a different vocal. Uh, like, I Want to Be Free is a different mix. Like, there, these were never, or at least in the case of I Want to Be Free, never documented. I never saw she, the television mono mix, mentioned as being different. So, like, to me, like, Derek discovered these things, and I was like, I, I, I had no idea. And then we started to... See, this is where it gets really bad. Like, you start to compare everything. And yeah. then it's like... Uh, you know, uh, do we want to, uh, the Blu-ray set came out and we were like, do we want to like sync all these episodes up against the DVDs just to make sure Ooh, that like yeah. nothing's a different print? And there was something different in the, uh, in the Frodo Escaper episode. There's a sound effect missing uh, around the time of Zoran Zam. When Zoran Zam starts, there's a sound effect that's, that's gone. I think it's like a boing that happens like before the song starts proper. Yeah. And we had asked Andrew about it and here the print that they had, I believe was like the later print with, I never thought of peculiar. So uh -huh. they had to cut Zoran Zam into, you know, which they had, you know, like it, uh, they had a print of, I believe, but it wasn't the original like 35 millimeter print. So yeah. like that and, and when, because I was curious, like, why did that sound effect go? Like, what happened to make that happen? And here it was because they had to edit the song back in. Yeah. So, so there are things like that that happen, not, you know, for any, like, nefarious reason, just that, like, you know, the master we have is not the master with the song, and we're presenting it with the original soundtrack. So sometimes those things get Frankensteined. It's not, you know, and there I've seen people online say, you know, they're, they're trying to trick us, and it... it you know he's forthcoming about it like it's not it's not a secret yeah of but course. like those things those things happen but like those are the the things where like where's the line like what's the finest detail that's like this is a little too far out for the book one thing i started doing that's ridiculous is taking the mixes and amplifying the tails and uh oh, finding yeah. there are like little bits of of like a, a chatter that you'd never hear unless you amplified like the last couple seconds 
by amazing amounts. Uh, so you can really fall into stuff like that with a project like this. And uh, another perfect example, Derek visited a couple years back and uh, I come in the living room and he's got a look on his face. He's found something and he, I'm like, what, what? And he puts the headphones on me and I think it was Love is Only Sleeping. The, I want to say it was like the eight, maybe it was the 86 mix against the 67 stereo mix or okay. uh, no, uh, it was one of those. I don't even know there was an 86 mix of that regardless. Uh, there is, uh, there was like noise and I was like, what? I, I don't, I don't know what's happening here. And he's like, I think that like, this is an alternate mix where they didn't fade the vocal track out or whatever track was like on that channel because oh, of it, course, it, yeah. you heard, you heard noise continue. And this was one of the ones where he threw one mix on one side, one mix on the other side. Ah, uh, okay. uh, and so like, <clears throat> there are things like that. So it just becomes like we have a, we have a master file set that we use that we share, and I put metadata on the actual FLAC files. Uh, so it's got you know all what the mix is, the length, the notes, all that stuff, um, and it becomes you know there are five thousand instances of songs in there. So <sighs> you could you know once you start multiplying how many instances there are of daydream believer in the catalog oh, you know it's you, you have to draw the line somewhere and there have been times that we've been able to draw the line and sometimes we've fallen way down into the rabbit hole yeah uh, but but it's because we want to present something that you know we want it to be ridiculous like we want yeah. no detail to not be there so yeah it can be we can absolutely just get overwhelmed in that stuff that was a very long answer to a uh, question. I could have been way more succinct with that, but when there when I have examples, oh, I'm going to throw them out there. I mean, it makes perfect sense. It's one of those things. It is hard once you because obviously you. I mean, you're going to print, so you want to be as comprehensive as you can be, so you don't then have an issue later on. It's like you can't just go back and edit it in, right? With the show, I always try and be as comprehensive as I can be, but sometimes there's things I miss and it is like, ah, oh, um, but once or twice it's been pointed out very quickly. So I have like gone back and edited that in and just re-uploaded it. <laughs> I was going to ask you if you've ever done that. That's uh, amazing. It, it, it was, I, I did it with the Pet Sounds episode because it was like something really obvious. If it's something subtle, I'll leave it. But mm -hmm. it's like some point out, it's like, in the monomix sloop john b the, the like 12 string is like triple tracked in the stereo it's single tracked and it's like well that is like quite major so i'll, I'll quickly pop that in but mm -hmm. there's definitely been things so when i did the first monkeys album someone emailed me afterwards or they messaged me on the hoffman forum with a f like oh i enjoyed your new episode here's what you missed <laughs> 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 and but they were mostly like at this point, the backing vocals are a bit softer. And it's like, yeah, I mean, that is a difference. And if I had noticed it, I would have put it in. But I'm, I'll leave that for now. Um, right. So, I mean, I'm planning on doing a episode of what I missed um, across various things. Um, That's great. And actually, that may be out by the time this interview comes out. So, um who knows listeners will will, will will know at the time but um i think that'll be a bit of fun i mean i've had that throughout the whole time not too much mm -hmm. um it's more it's gonna happen 
it's more it's more annoying when someone is like oh there's this this there's this other mix of this track and it's like oh like i missed an entire mix and it's like completely different um i mean a lot of the like mid 60s hollies albums are like vocals right instruments left because you know like rubber soul and um there's one track from the third hollies album where for some random compilation it was mixed with the vocals in the center and the backing track split and it's like well this is clearly a mix i needed to cover but Mm -hmm. alas i didn't and uh well that will appear in said episode i suppose (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i want to ask you about your process yes yes you said about that so it's it's one of those things that it d- depends on which album so obviously my initial process is trying to get everything together um and that starts with okay what do i immediately know so and i'll get all that together so most albums obviously mono stereo mix pretty self-explanatory are were there any singles off the album or and non-LP tracks I know of, and um, non-LP mixes, there we go. Right. Bring those in. And then a lot of it is, there's a lot of Googling, often just asking questions on the Hoffman forum, because that seems to be the font of all ridiculous knowledge. Um, You're not kidding. And um, then I will try and source those mixes where I can. Um, If something is just impossible... Um, have I ever not included mix because I just can't find it? I don't know if I have that's anything too dramatic. There's been the odd sort of like US mix where it's actually just like maybe got a bit more echo. And I don't, I try not to cover those because it's not an actual mix. It's like a post mix. It's yeah. more of a mastering, I guess. Um, so I'll throw them in if it's just for a bit of fun, but usually more if the episode is not is kind of lacking in differences whereas if the album itself is quite heavy on them it's like i'll mention it but i won't show it if that makes sense sometimes i I end up going very very deep but it depends on the album itself so the holly's album butterfly is just the the there's loads of differences anyway and then all they were issued on different albums in the u.s and then they got issued without the sound effects and then i'd always found messages about the stereo mix of the album lacking in sound effects but never about the mono and i wanted to know if the mono was true or a fold so i ordered the lp from america found out not only did it lack the uh, sound effects but used dedicated mono mixes but there was a mix of an alternate vocal on there which was which i'd never seen mentioned online which made me extremely happy um (laughs) but so i have a lot of copies of that album um it's like i got a german one where the song plays twice um it's a really weird one. I found it online and that actually got issued on CD. So I ordered the LP. The same way? Fa- the same way. It's the wow. same master. Um, wow. Only in Germany. And yeah, I ordered that LP, then found the CD rip down the line. I was like, oh, oh well. <laughs> I have the I, LP. I assume, I assume that was an error. Um, yes. Well, or, bas- yeah, yeah. I mean, I can go d- deep down the rabbit hole, but ba- <laughs> just to do, do it shortly, one is with sound effects, one is without. Oh, and wow. they obviously sent over both for them to choose a mix and they just put both on it's oh, like amazing. it finishes and starts up again at the end um and it's wow. one of those tracks that's a bit sort of psychedelic spacey so almost it feels intentional mm-hmm. um so it's quite cool but um yeah i mean so once i've got all that together i'll usually try and find the best masterings for the purpose of you know actually sort of clean comparison um mm. that varies 
I mean, I can usually find them hunting around online. Um, but I I have end up with a lot lot of CDs specifically for the purpose of the show, which mm. is fine with me. Um, often the booklets in them. So for like one of my, the association album I did, Insight Out, the booklet that came with the Now Sounds CD for the Monomix is very informative. So things like that are quite helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, but my comparison is quite primitive really it's literally i have i open up audacity i throw all the mixes of the track in there and just solo tracks as i'm playing through them and just yeah go backs and forwards if it's multiple multiple mixes so it's mono and stereo that's pretty obvious if i got say multiple mono mixes i'll usually compare the mono mixes then take so say there's a mono single and a mono lp i'll compare the two mono mixes then compare the LP mixes, so mono and stereo, and not directly compare the stereo to the single mix because if I'll, I'll know the difference with the mono, so if that then applies to the single or the stereo, then I'll know that it's there again, sort of thing. Um, but I'll do it all in one session anyway, so I'm kind of aware of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, typically, as I said earlier in the run-up to doing a episode i'll usually just listen to if i'm listening to the album just kind of casually just like on the, in the car on headphones or just on on the hi-fi I'll, I'll stick to one mix so that kind of gets ingrained into my head so then okay. when i do the when i start flicking between or i listen to the other mix things stick out more to me um but i mean how often do i do that still not as much i mean it, I usually only listen to one mix of an album just through own habit. There's always one that I play far less than the other for whatever mm. reason, unless I know the differences well anyway. Um, so Beatles albums can be quite random actually because it's like, oh, I fancy this today. Right. And usually I'll play the stereo and be like, oh, the mono mix is better. For it. Like, and just be like, oh, like, but this is fun. Oh, the more right. it's better. Oh, but this is <laughs> so. So, how do you deduce if it's a fold, uh, or, or do you like some a stereo mix to mono and compare that way? Yeah, basically, unless there's, if it's very clear it's dedicated, I won't bother. But sure, yeah. Um, and sometimes effects are much clearer to tell if they're actually present. So sometimes, like echo, will be more obvious in stereo. Um, mm. just because of the way it's off. So say you've got the echo panned, I know, centrally and the main, the track it's echoing is in the right hand channel, but it's dry. Mm. Sounds like there's more echo in stereo. You fold it down and it's actually the same balance as the mono just because of the way it mixes in. Right. Um, so I'll often do that when I'm kind of like, is this a difference? Is it the same level or not? Um, and often stereo just makes these things stand out more by the nature of the mix. Sure. Um, but, when it comes to yeah deducing folds yeah i'll fold down the stereo and just flick between i mean to go back to that association album i mentioned that album is a whole mix of dedicated mixes folds and all that good stuff so oh wow with that it's it's interesting there's even there's one track on the mono that is a fold or seems to be a fold but has it's like 30 seconds longer in mono Mm. which is really weird that is weird Um, so I don't know whether it's it's one of those things it's like is it just a really close and dedicated mix or who knows but right um that's and that's the the things that endlessly fascinate me i mean ultimately what i what i enjoy about it is that there's so many albums that 
I know so well, but then I go to compare them. It's like, whoa, there's all these differences. I had no idea. Like Odyssey and Oracle, I didn't realize how much more reverb or echo there is on the mono mix when compared mm-hmm. with the stereo. Just like ambient sound rather than the rather dry stereo. I don't really know why I hadn't noticed it. It's just one of those things that I don't. You just don't pick up on for whatever reason. Yeah. Are, are there any that you've kind of just continuously put off because y- they've tripped you up? Are there any that you just kind of can't get a grasp on? Oh. There's definitely loads of albums I've, I've put off for various reasons, be they I don't know the album that well mm-hmm. or there's just too much to cover. I mean, an example of the latter is Blonde on Blonde. Um, I want to cover it, but there's like a million mixes. Oh, really? Um, well, they, they, it was like it, the, the stereo, there was like, there's incorrect mixes issued in like the UK and Canada for the mono, but then the stereo okay. mix was done in 66 and then remixed the stereo in 68 um okay. weirdly and then you've got loads of modern remixes as well so and obviously it's a double album so the, yeah the, good the, luck the, yeah one day <laughs> but um there's definitely albums where it, if i put it off it's more because i've opened it up and been like i can't tell if this is a fold or not mm-hmm. um there's been times i've opened it up and been like this has got to be a fold um i mean Again, the association birthday, the mono now sounds CD. I'm pretty sure it's a fold, but the stereo mix is essentially twin channel anyway. So whether it's intentional or not, and it is dedicated, but it is the same. I don't know. Right, right. So I've obviously left that off. There's been then there's been other bits and pieces, but generally speaking, if I start the comparisons and making notes, I'll finish it. Mm-hmm. because i've i've started basically right and right. usually if it's turns out to be a big project i'll probably just say oh okay i'll give myself longer to do this something like right. the revolver box set um well the, the revolver mixes having so much to go on there and things like that I, I was surprised how quickly you got that out like that it was it was good amount of work to be done there it, it was i mean truth be told i those mixes were floating around a little bit earlier fair but even then i with some of those things when i'm trying to get it done to capitalize on a new release i will just if if i can i will just sort of churn it out like right obviously not skimping on the details but just if i don't have to i don't know sort other things out in my life then Mm -hmm. i will just focus on getting that done um also because then once it's done I can just forget about it. Right, right. Um, <laughs> shockingly, after I finished that Revolve 1, I was still able to listen to the rest of the box set without um, crying to myself. So. <laughs> um, and the same thing with the Headquarters set, um, mm. which obviously I've only just been able to actually start digging into the stuff that isn't the album itself. I've even yep. listened to the album itself a couple of times since I finished the episode, shockingly. so, yep. um, And I'm sure you can relate to the... Uh, the burnout of listening to the monkey stuff for this well sort of thing. i mean there you know some tracks where I, I think look out here comes tomorrow just has a ridiculous amount of i think there are 13 or 14 at this point yeah uh, i mean mixes yeah when i did my more of the monkeys episode i there's probably things i missed anyway because it's like my third episode or something but um it was i i was at that time I wasn't looking at remixes. I was like, it's got to be a vintage mix of some right. f- sort. 
and maybe in hindsight that was a that I should have stuck to that. <laughs> but so you, you um, went down the wrong path, and now you got to do everything. Yeah, I mean, it's well, it means I can go back over things as well, I suppose. That's but, fair. So, so what what made you decide to turn this into a podcast? So I've been doing back to mono for a, f- a couple of years, and I'd often thought, how can I integrate the idea of like the mixed differences into it and i i mm. it didn't work in that format and i think people had been asking for uh, like that sort of thing on the hoffman forums of course and then right. because nothing like it existed i just thought let's just do it and i mean you can hear in that first rubber soul episode which i've since redone in an episode that was four times the length i think um <laughs> I, can I, I was still really like I didn't know how to like how much detail to go in. I mean that first episode, it's eleven minutes. I only touch on anything that I'm sure has a difference. There's songs I don't compare at all, mm-hmm. um, and it's only explicit differences. So if it's like, oh, this is a bit louder in this mix. I don't, right. I don't cover it. It's more like, oh, the American stereo mix of the word has double tracked vocals by John. That sort of mix difference, right? Right. Um, and maybe that's the sort of thing that would, I don't know, because it's such a niche thing, I feel like the detail is the only way to go. Yeah, um, that's like true. If you're listening to that sort of thing, you want that detail anyway. Oh, yeah. If this interests you, the more the better. You know? Yeah. The more deep you can go with it, the, the geekier the fan you'll attract. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and people seem to dig it. So we just carry on from there, really. Awesome. So as you said before, obviously, yeah, monkeys is your deep dive. Obviously, you've always known about these. You've kind of picked up on these differences in mixes for years. Today, how much does that kind of affect your listening? Shall we say? I mean, you've asked which I tend to listen to. Like, do you tend to explore this beyond the monkeys today, or are you kind of have you? allow that to take a back seat so the monkeys can kind of dominate that world if you like and you can just enjoy music rather right. than analyze it beyond that yeah i um i i enjoy the different listening experience so like you know i yeah. would say that alongside the monkeys the beatles would be the the ones that i i kind of collect in that regard yeah. so um but i usually switch it up like if i you know if i haven't heard you know like i i stuck with the beatles remixes for a while uh, and then it's like, okay, well, I haven't heard the, you know, the mono pepper in a while. I'll throw that on. So yeah. it's like, I, I don't really know that I have one that I gravitate to. I, I have ones that I prefer, but that doesn't mean that like, I won't throw on, you know, the remix of the white album tomorrow. Or, I'm sorry. The remix of the Beatles tomorrow. Yes. Correct um, terminology there. <laughs> right. Uh, that's, that's come up on my podcast as well. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I don't. It's I don't I don't kind of concentrate and focus on one. There yeah. are uh, and and with other bands, if I if I kind of see them out in the wild, I'll grab them. But uh, Monkeys and Beatles are really the only ones I collect. I remember when you and I first started talking. Um, I think you had just put out the Donovan episode, and like for some reason, and this never happens. Uh, there was a Mono UK pressing of uh, oh, the same uh, yes, album. I do remember you saying. 
yeah, at the store here, and I had, I think I had just bought, uh, I had found a stereo complete box. I think I had had the individual albums of both since they were released outside of the box yeah. set that way. So I just bought the box and I was enjoying it, and then I saw, I saw a mono on the wall, and I was like, yeah, it's a little, it's a little pricey. I don't know if I'm in that stage of my Donovan fandom. And then I pulled it down and I was like, oh, this is a UK. I can't, I can't let this sit here, you know? So, uh, so yeah, I, I do, uh, if I'm out and about, I do grab them. Um, yeah. And the same with quad mixes, like, uh, uh, you know, you don't, you don't see those very often, but like, uh, found a, uh, quad Mike Oldfield tubular bells recently. And I was like, I, you know, this is the kind of thing you just don't see around every day. I yeah, dig, yeah. Uh, you know, just anything that's a different listening experience I'm into. So if uh, I, I don't always seek them out, but if I find them, uh, they they are definitely added to the collection. That's fair. I think I think we're very similar in that regard, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't have a quad set up. I think I've got one or two quad LPs that just happened to be the first copies I came across. Right. For whatever reason that were cheap. So, um, yeah. I mean, it, it makes for an interesting stereo listen, you know. Yeah, I think. Listening to the quad. Yeah, I think the I've only got I think it's No Secrets is the only album I've actually got that's uh and I think it's one of those ones where it's actually designed to play back as the the same as the stereo mix. Really interesting. It's, I can't remember what it's hang on if I swivel around for one second. Yeah. Um Quadra Disc. Was it So like I guess the stereo mix electronically reprocessed uh through an encoder will uh, decode the quad, but if you listen to it on a stereo cartridge, it, it's going to sound like the stereo mix. I think so. Not having a quad set up, I because and yeah, I mean, I got that at a boot fair. Just it's because the sleeve itself is very tassy. It gave the LP a clean. It plays really cleanly, so it's like win because it was like a pound or something. So right. I think it's, it's the only copy of the album I've ever actually listened to. So I couldn't actually tell you if it's different, to be honest. You know, it's um, funny you should mention that because, I mean, now we have receivers that do this, but when I was a teen, uh, I had, uh, you know, just freaky wiring on all my speakers, and I wired um, an additional set of speakers out of phase. Oh, so that, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I got, I got the oops effect, but we would listen to, uh, my friend and I would listen to the Monkees albums that way, and we found, like, crazy stuff, you know, when yeah. they were oops. And... Um, I mean, now you can do that with software, which just kind of still blows my mind. But yeah, we were, you know, cutting cutting wires, speaker yeah. wires. Oh, I remember when I found that with Beatles stuff; it was so good. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, amazing, amazing discovery. It just it, it it just blows my mind that you not only discovered that, but were interested at it at the time that you were. You know, oh, I mean, I was yeah, I was oopsing things. I mean, I definitely spent. I remember finding the the website What Goes On oh yeah yeah um that's got all the that's like it's that's all like the like weird sounds and mistakes and Mm -hmm. just going through that love the day i found that site i used to work overnights and uh i found that site one night and that was like eight hours that i just you know it was it was amazing love stuff like that and then obviously the usenet guide to beatles recording variations which i use to this day i think i mention it in every beatles episode i do yeah, um, I still have a Google Doc with all of it in there. Yeah, so yep. that's yeah, all fascinating things that I found at the age of like fifteen or whatever. Um, amazing, 
I, I, I don't know what other like 14 or 15 year olds are doing but that's what <laughs> i was doing so <laughs> oh that's um, great yeah oh no it's a it's a wonderful world that my wife has to hear about a lot it's <laughs> and i'm sure yeah. she loves it my son loves it he's 17 months old but he definitely loves it you're you're getting it ingrained in him early it's only it's only a matter of days before he, he says the word mono <laughs> you need to get him to a point where he can actually contribute like if he can if you can record and he can edit while you're recording the next episode imagine how many more episodes you can oh, put out amazing amazing yeah. um yeah. i mean many people joke that if he says the word stereo before mono i'd immediately <laughs> disown him <laughs> which just to clarify i won't but at the same time very funny <laughs> depends on the it depends on the the context and what yeah. album he's talking about exactly you know maybe maybe you would disown him <laughs> depends on the record uh, he, but... he could end up finding stuff you know whole whole listen to your episodes and he'll be like you know pops i think you missed this he's <laughs> you're gonna he's gonna be uh you know three and the youngest uh human ever on the steve hoffman forum so i i can <laughs> see exactly you know the path you're leading him down who knows ho ho hopefully Hopefully he can listen without analyzing and just enjoy music. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I do. You know, I, I am. And I've talked to musicians about this. And yeah. it's just like, imagine just being able to like listen to music and enjoy it oh. and not have to like try to pick out the bass line, you know? Yeah. Like, just... And like, yeah, being like, oh, I like this or oh, I don't. And it ends there. It doesn't right. like, you can't be like, oh, this sounds a bit harsh or oh mm. god the the drums are so loud it's like <laughs> right i mean drums so loud said the drummer never but <laughs> uh, right that's true that's absolutely true um but yeah it's one of those things it's a blessing and a curse um but i i, I get so much enjoyment out of it clearly that yeah. and evidently you do too that I think I think the benefits outweigh the negatives for now. Um, yeah, agreed. There are just times where I'm like, you know, the amount of time that I could gain if I didn't have this sort of fascination. Oh, you know, how I many mean, more hours I'd have in the day? You know, or some, sometimes I'm like, why, why do I do this podcast? Like, what, what, why, why, what, where does my, what, what could I be doing with this time? But it, it, it's consuming. And, you know, uh, like relationships I've had in the past where it's like, you know, I, I know that, you know, we're hanging out, but I kind of want to like just grab some notes on this song real quick. You know, <laughs> my girlfriend now is completely understanding about it, but, you know, there it's it's a tough thing to because it, 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 it kind of takes you over. Like I remember yeah. finding... Um, uh, it was, uh, it, it, I don't know if it was Rock Band or, or maybe like the uh, Purple Chick Discs or something like that, but I was working on like a spreadsheet of Beatles stuff, but it was yeah. like, it was consuming me. And it was like, you know, I'm going to sneak away from dinner like 15 minutes early and I'm going to go, you know, work on this for a little bit. Like, uh, you when, know, when it just... I you could, with those Rock Band mix, like tracks that, that you could, they did like basically like multi-track um, mm -hmm. OG files from them. It was just, oh. yeah. Spent that was a so game changer yeah. <laughs> absolutely so sad that we didn't get the rest of the catalog but that's, that's true yeah that's... and and that was the other thing like that brought me back to like the times when 
you know, we were finding, you know, listening to the mono mixes and stuff because like you could put out and you got to remember, like I grew up on the 1987 remixes of Help and Rubber Soul. Yeah. Not knowing at the time, like even though they said ADD on the back, like I didn't know what that meant. So like, you know, for years I thought this is what the album sounds like. And Rock Band was like the first time in a long time where it was like, you know, it's not an instance of just like an album being remixed where, you know, you'll hear different levels, but like on Rock Band, you were getting like full endings and you were getting yeah. some studio chatter or like on the, in the case of Helder Skelter, like the isolated stuff was mind blowing. Oh, so yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And I could see how all that stuff would, would suck you in as a, a, you know, somebody just getting into this fandom. Like yeah. for me, having been in it for years, it's like, this is like a co completely new spin. Like who would ever thought, you know, and now we're moving, you know, towards software that'll do this for you essentially. But like, oh, yeah. whoever thought we'd get isolated tracks, you know, <laughs> just insane or, or stems, you know, yeah. whatever, if, you know, whatever it, it is. Anything, like any anything less than the final mix. Right. Or alternate to the final mix is just, what? Like there's another mix that's right. That allows us insight into it. It's like, yeah, it's bonkers. It, it's a bit of sidetrack, but did you ever, uh, I know it was going around the internet for a while. Did you ever hear or dig into the 24 track Bohemian Rhapsody? I did not know. Yeah. It was floating around maybe like 10 years ago and it was actually a set of all 24 wave files. Wow. But it had, but it was like, it wasn't, you know, the kind of thing where like rock band it's stemmed out and they kind yeah. of mixed these in the stems. It was just like a, a transfer of the original master. So you could hear like wow. all the punch ins, but like looking at it, like all the stuff that they squashed onto these tracks, yeah. uh, alternate vocals, um, freddie uh utters an expletive when the song's done just like <laughs> uh, and uh yeah for a while like there were a bunch of these kind of making the rounds i think um you know they they were kind of like uh going around uh you know audio files and studio dudes uh you know traded something and then it just kind of got out there but like yeah that was one where it was fascinating like i was like oh maybe i could remix bohemian rhapsody and then i put it in the a session and i was like i don't even want to i just want to listen to all these like straight through individually it's yeah fascinating. yeah fascinating god i mean that that yeah that, like projects like that would just be insane right <laughs> yeah i mean it's just oh it, that, that it's a whole it's a whole nother rabbit hole that it really is it it can go on endlessly but yeah <laughs> it just keeps getting deeper and deeper but try and stay at the base level of what mixes have been released exactly yeah um and also how much file space do i have <laughs> that's the other thing all the times where i've been like well it's time for another couple terabytes you know <laughs> It's just like, you know, I, I do that thing where I balance and I'm like, is there anything on this drive I can get rid of? Because now my laptop is like bursting at the seams and it's like, I don't, I don't think I can part with any of this stuff. Like it's, no. we need more space here. So like, I, I totally get that. <laughs> oh no. Well, clearly we're all infected with the same disease, but I'm clearly. fine with it. It's fine. Yeah. Um, we, we, we do entertaining things with it and it's true. You find your yeah. people. Yeah, exactly. And hopefully the people listening are in the same boat. If you're not, why are you listening? I'm not really sure. <laughs> but, um, um, imagine listening to the podcast and being like, God, this is so boring. 
Like, I'll listen to another episode. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It seems like a good place to kind of round things out because otherwise, I think, as we said, the rabbit hole will just keep going oh, and going oh, yeah. and going. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. I mean, I feel like we carried everything we need to with the mixography. Um, and obviously, I look forward to the book when it does eventually land. Um, Thank you. Obviously, you're working on the little supplemental booklet for the headquarters set at the moment. So yep. um, hopefully that can be rounded out soon but yeah see what happens um see what happens yeah over, i think uh, over yeah this, if this is season the zaring in the new year i would say it's uh it's probably fairly close you know yeah. by the time that this uh this gets out there yeah and i, I mean if it is I'll, I'll, I'll drop links below and all that good stuff so thank you um but yeah and obviously i'll drop a link to the website because it's 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 a very helpful resource. I've I have I have indeed looked it, especially well with all my monkeys. I say especially with my monkeys episodes. It'd be a bit weird if I looked it for not monkey stuff, but <laughs> yeah, like the biggest, the, you know, along those lines. Just the biggest compliment for me. Uh, there were two people, uh, um, Dwayne Tudal, who did a great. He does great books on prints. He's put out two. They're kind of prints sessionographies, and John C. Wynn, who has put out a great set of Beatles books uh, that go through all of the bootleg mixes. Oh, Those wow. were both people that I reached out to at some point and, uh, and it came up at some point where I was just like, I, I, you know, have a monkey's website and both of them knew it and used it as a resource. So I was like, if I'm, you know, uh, reaching a, a dude writing Beatles books that I've like looked at for years, then, yeah. you know, uh, it's, it's absolutely worth it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, and, and just, you know, and all those books are kind of what inspired this, you know, yeah. finding great Beatles session books and, you know, lists of mixes, the Usenet thing you mentioned, like all of that stuff, just kind of, that's the reason that, you know, I thought that there'd be an audience for any of this stuff. And it turns yeah. out there is. So it, you know, again, like you said, just, you know, makes you totally happy. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things, as, as we said, like. Uh, uh, love it or hate it I've got to th thank a lot of people at the Hoffman Forum because mm -hmm. like I they they've helped me a lot they've they they've been very complimentary I, and it always warms my heart whenever people I just I'm scrolling through threads and I just see people mention the podcast and I'm like oh that's, that's yeah. nice it's like absolutely it's one of those things it's like people just listen to it like without realizing it's like oh i've shared it in this thread oh i'll give that a listen sort of thing so right yeah i mean so i mean just thanks to everyone that listens really anyone that yeah. listens is 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 just amazing but yeah it's 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 great to be able to reach out to people in that regard so and certainly that's what 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 as i'm sure it does with you you it's what what keep, keep keeps me going and making more episodes so definitely i mean thank you for being a listener as well um thank you thank you I for mean, having me it, that's all right no it's uh it's it's been a long time coming really i mean it made made, <laughs> made a lot of sense so um <laughs> here we are um i know we are going to be doing a show with you well yeah. you are going to be doing a show with me should i say um i'll that's, let you break that true. down quickly just so we can uh let the yeah. lovely listeners know what else they can hear from 
this lovely duo. <laughs> sure. So on the uh, on the Pods and Sods network, where you can find on your podcatcher of choice or at podsodcast.com, I have a sidecast called Two Pick Ten, uh, which is kind of like a desert island disc uh, thing where um, uh, each uh, guest picks their 10 favorite songs of a, uh, a certain artist and uh, account for some backup uh, just in case so that there is a set of 20 unique songs. And uh, I'm happy to announce that you will be uh, on uh, a Monkeys episode of Two Pick Ten that might be out before this comes out or maybe around the same time. So uh, if you look for it and it's not around, or maybe I'll just schedule it so that these drop at the exact same time. That seems uh, like a logical stab, actually. It really does, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so um, uh, if you're hearing me here, then you can hear you there. <laughs> uh, and I'm looking forward to it because I think that, yeah. you know, this was a very measured and thoughtful conversation. And uh, and the difference between, between you, this is kind of like your podcast is the professional, mild-mannered one, and mine is the obnoxious one. So I think that we're going to get a different side of you over on my podcast where we can kind of just get a little looser later in the night for you i think i think it's going to be a little crazy it's about I think 10 there to might 9 be... here so i think okay. i think we're getting in we're getting in the right sort of time frame mindset and all that okay so yeah it could it could be uh i think there might be some there might be some tension uh mm. we'll see how everything lands these things uh you know <laughs> I, I there there's often some kind of uh, disagreement when it, it when I do these episodes, so we'll see mm -hmm. what happens. Maybe we'll pick the exact same ten songs. You know, I who knows? Maybe this will be the first unlikely. time. But <laughs> I do hey, too. <laughs> if it does, then amazing. Imagine it. So we'll see what happens. I'm looking forward looking forward to the chat either way. Yes, so, no, it will be uh, delightful. Um, I'm yeah. looking forward to doing something nice and loose because obviously I'm very very measured in my usual delivery. So. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, it'll I be mean, a good time I'm, yeah yeah exactly so definitely head over head on over there and give it a listen i mean if you're listening to this episode you're surely interested in some more monkeys chat so again sure. i'll drop a link down below i'm sure we can uh, organize that between us perfect well thank you so much for coming on craig it's been an absolute pleasure as obviously i've said many times and i look forward to chatting with you about these monkey songs in a minute and maybe chat is a light word as we've discussed just now but <laughs> maybe i'll have you back on when the book's done and we'll make a nice little push then whenever that may be but um yeah i'm very much looking forward to it so yeah speak to you some point in the future thank you for that and thank you for having me uh an honor uh because i i am a listener and a fan so uh you know it's got it's it's nice to actually chat about this stuff not through typed characters so yes. you know it's, it's been a fun time it has indeed thank you and to the listeners if you've enjoyed what you've heard today of course as i've said i'm featuring over on craig's show at this exact same time so head on over there the link is in the description along with the link to the email for this show back to on a radio at gmail.com and our patreon patreon.com forward slash back to mono with loads of extra mixology content to be found over there so head on over there and check out the tiers if you so desire but for now i just gotta say thank you so so much for listening and craig for coming on the show and remember Whoever you are, and wherever you are, have a great, great day. Or would the woman in my arms be
giving me her charms If the answer that I gave her was a no Yeah, ba 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 